Welcome to Your Career Podcast, the podcast that helps to ensure your career success. To start getting on track with your career, download my free career goals calendar from thecareersacademy.online. My goals calendar includes a smart goals template and a weekly tasks sheet that will ensure step-by-step you get closer to reaching your career goals. So download my goals calendar today at thecareersacademy.online. Now on with the show. Welcome to Jane Jackson Careers, a podcast that takes your career to the next level. Here's your host, Jane Jackson, author of Amazon Careers bestseller, Navigating Career Crossroads. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. Welcome back to My Careers Podcast, where I interview fascinating professionals who've made amazing career changes. Now, I'm very lucky today to be in the beautiful offices of Evolve People, a specialist procurement and supply chain recruitment consultancy. And I'm sitting here with Adele Brown, the owner and co-founder of this incredible recruitment business. Now, Adele has gone through so many changes in her life, both professional and personal changes. And she's gone from in her early days as a dancer, dreams of being a journalist, writing, blogging, potentially. And then she got into recruitment. I think there were a lot of other things in between before she went into entrepreneurship and set up her own business. And so I'd really like to find out about this varied and crazy ride that she's had in her life. And let me introduce to you Adele Brown. Welcome, Adele. Thank you, Jane. (laughs) Was that a nice wrap? Yeah, crazy probably was the best word you used. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, well, now this podcast is all about changes and how you cope with changes and careers. So how about just to kick us off, you tell us a little bit about your early days and your career aspirations way back when. Okay, gosh, that was a long time ago. Okay, so way back when I was actually a dancer for many, many years years, went to performing arts school. So my only career was only ever going to be dance and drama, the stage that was for me. So it came as a bit of a shock to me when I was ill, couldn't do that any longer. So I thought, right, actually, I have to get a real job. So yeah, whenever I talked to career coaches, it was always journalism. I think that's just because I'm generally quite nosy. And I quite like writing. So there was a, I did think about that sort of career. But then I cleverly bought a house, so I thought I'd better get a job very quickly. So I actually ended up working in the automotive industry. I am actually a bit of a tomboy, so I was quite interested in the automotive industry, but it was a very boring, to be honest, job. I put an ISO 9001 quality system in place. So it was all about writing processes and procedures, which for me was probably one of the most boring jobs on earth. But it got me into the automotive industry. So from there, I started doing a lot of the company actually manufactured windscreen wiping equipment. So from there, 
I had a lot of friends personally who had cars. They were sort of boy racers, liked cars, doing up their cars. So I started going to car shows and doing all that sort of thing. So I very quickly decided that this was an avenue I wanted to be involved in. And so at the age of 22, she set up my first business in the automotive industry. Yeah. And I manufactured windscreen wiping equipment for, so aftermarket windscreen wipers for cars. So your sort of box standard cars, I made them look like touring cars. So it was a very, very, a lot of people don't know this about me. It was a very, very different industry. That's amazing. I've known you, Adele, for (laughs) six, seven years. I never knew about the windscreen wipers because I've always known you as this high powered corporate businesswoman. No. But what an interesting beginning. I mean, from being a dancer. Yep. And then admitting that actually you were a tomboy, you know, you think of dancers as being really elegant and... Was this ballet? I did ballet, yeah, ballet. I did everything, and, yeah. And how girly is that? But, Very. Okay, so you were the tomboy ballet dancer <laughs> and then getting into the automotive industry and then windscreen wipers, really? Yeah, I know. I can always remember going on holiday and people saying, what do you do for a living? And I'd say, oh, I'm a nurse because it's just too complicated <laughs> to explain. But yeah, I loved that. So that business was going for another eight years before I moved to Australia. It's actually still going today. Wow. So, so at the age of 22, you went into entrepreneurship. 22, yeah. Oh, that was a brave move. And I, so how did you get into that? I mean, did you need funding? Did you have backers? How no. Did you I decide to open up shop? Okay, so I had a house at the time with a garage in my back garden, and that's how I started. I didn't tell anybody that. As far as anyone was concerned, I, you know, I was marketing to all the magazines and going to all these shows telling people that I owned a business. So I sort of created the impression that there was a very strong business there. And I actually went, that was going quite well, doing, you know, bits and pieces around the UK. I was doing it on a part-time basis while still working in my really boring job putting this ISO 9001 system in. But I went overseas to a car show in Frankfurt called Auto Mechanica. And me being me, walked onto the stand of a major company and just started talking to them. And the system that I was making in the UK, there was a big competitor in Germany that made this, but it was very, very expensive. What I didn't realize is the stand I'd walked onto was one of their major competitors. So I started talking to them, told them a little bit about what I was doing, They sort of started asking a lot of questions and asked me to go over and see them in Germany in their headquarters in Dusseldorf and would I show them the product, which I did. So, yeah, three weeks later, I was in Dusseldorf, just me and my box of goodies, no PowerPoint in those days, you know, with, and I'll be honest, automotive industry, so very male-dominated business, seven guys, all engineers and me, 22, and just showed them what I was doing And they loved it and they actually got on board and that actually really boosted my business then. So from that moment on, they placed schedule orders from there on in for the next, I think it was two years to start with, but basically for the next five years, I became their major supplier. So from there, I had to obviously go back to the UK, quit my job, got a warehouse, got staff, got tooling and yeah, got myself set up. That's amazing. <laughs> what a fast entrepreneurial journey. And now people do say you can sell snow to the Eskimos. So mm-hmm. I think I had that before, that's yes. Definitely the trajectory for you. So you ran this for what, about eight years? For about eight years, yeah. And I'd actually got to the point where the business was doing really well in the UK and Europe. We're actually just looking at expanding into the US. And it sort of came out of the blue, but the business was sort of doing very well. Well, I had a very, very good friend that had emigrated to Australia and the business was kind of in a a maintenance sort of business as usual sort of state. So before we expanded to 
America, which was going to be a good few years of very a lot of hard work, I thought, right, okay, I'm going to take the opportunity to go and visit her in Australia. It was supposed to be for six months, and I got here and loved it, and that's the end of that story, really. <laughs> so mo- um, moving from London to Australia was a yep. huge move, and you were yep. still very young, in your 20s. Yeah. So you just decided, I'm going on holiday, or I'm actually going to move? No, 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 I was only coming for six months, because I still had the business. I actually got my poor dad out of retirement to come and look after my business in the UK for me. Literally, so I literally got to Australia and just thought, I'll travel around for six months. After about two or three months... I was a bit bored because I was used to having a to-do list every day. So I went to a big recruitment company and just said, can you just get me a job for a few weeks? Just, I'm a bit bored. I'm going traveling again in a few weeks, but just wanted something to do. And they suggested, why don't you come and try recruitment? I was like, no, I'm not interested in that industry at all. Anyway, they kept talking and talking and talking to me. So I thought, okay, I'll come and give it a go. So that was sort of my plan for the next probably four or five months, if that, and then I was going to go back to the UK. And so then did you stay in Australia and continue? Because when we met about six years ago, you were in recruitment yep. and specialising in procurement at that stage. So you must have had quite quite a, a good journey within recruitment. Yeah. So yeah, I never actually left Australia. My poor dad to this day is still running my business in the UK, <laughs> much to his disgust. But anyway... Yeah, so literally I started with that business and stayed there. So I was there for a good four or five years until we met. So yeah, in the procurement supply chain field, I loved it because we were in a very niche industry and it is recruitment is very much like running your own business. It's a 360 degree role where you get to work with clients, you get to work with candidates, So and you are sort of involved in everything. So it really was like running your own small business again. And it's all about relationships mm-hmm. and I loved it. So... Ended up staying. Didn't go home for... I didn't, don't think I went back to the UK for about five years. Actually, I like it that you say, because I'm an ex-recruiter as well, and the fact that you say that recruitment is all about relationships, because so many recruiters treat it as if it's sales. Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of cold calling that you yeah. need to do. So, I mean, obviously, you're a, a strong salesperson, having built your business before. But so how, how did you find the challenge of getting into a sales or recruitment role in Australia? Because there would have been a bit of a difference in cultural... Just tendencies as well, Aussies and the Brits. Yeah, huge, huge. I actually found, I think from a sales perspective, yeah, you've got to be a salesperson, you've got to be tenacious, you've got to be resilient and, you know, take the nose because recruitment is a very much a sales role. But I think from a relationship perspective, in recruitment, if you can see things from your client side and you can see things from the candidate side that's how you sort of bring things together and I think the Aussies actually were probably more were probably easier to deal with I think the UK at the time especially recruitment was a lot more cutthroat I think the Aussies probably were more relationship driven and that's probably why I, I think they were just generally friendlier so I sort of got on with that quite well yeah I loved it absolutely loved it I do think it's very relationship driven because at the end of the day it's a long-term relationship that you're trying to build especially in the procurement and supply chain industry that we were in your clients end up becoming your candidates so you really need to treat them like gold dust to make sure that you're empathetic and you understand where they're coming from yes you have to do sales and you have to get something out of it but if you're just seen as a short-term recruiter you're not going to build a long-term relationship at all and they're not going to come back to you Mm. so if you can really build that long-term that you know what i call a true 
relationship. And in, in a sales role, I suppose it's like account management. You've got to build, keep building and leveraging on those relationships. Mm. So for me, that's yeah, very much what it's about. So how did you go from being an employee as a recruiter into setting up your own specialty yep. procurement and supply chain business? Because that's, well, obviously you've got entrepreneurship in your blood, but what prompted the change? I know this sounds really strange, but I missed having a business. I missed having, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'd say it now, but I missed having those cash flow issues or tax issues or yeah you miss that I know I did actually miss that kind of part of it for a little while of you know not being able to make the decisions and sort of you know I just missed that whole owning your own business believe me there's some days when I would love to be an employee again but I'm not sure how good an employee I really am. I don't take direction very well from other people. Maybe maybe that's what it was. Yeah, I wouldn't like to manage me. So yeah, so I just had my daughter. I just thought it was the right time. I had some really good relationships, not just here in Sydney, but across Australia and up in Asia as well. I just thought this is a great time. Procurement supply chain was really booming. We'd had the GFC, so it had been really highlighted as a, as a really niche industry that people, you know, there was a shortage of candidates. And I knew where to find those that talent and find those people. So I thought, well, I've got the relationships. Let's just do it. So, yeah, so we did. Yeah, actually, that's <laughs> the key, isn't it? Being able to leverage on the relationships. Yep. And also, I know Evolve People, you don't just handle recruitment across Australia. It's across all of Asia Pacific, too, yep. isn't it? Yeah, we've done a lot of work, mainly Hong Kong and Singapore. But we've done a lot of work in China, regional China, Shanghai, the odd random role here and there in Thailand. We've just done some work in the UAE. But that's really from our network over the last 11 years. You know, it may be Aussies that have gone overseas or people that have come back or, you know, we've built those relationships. But we're very good at keeping those relationships alive. And, yeah, people come back to us referrals and recommendations and that's sort of the way we've built the business you know what i was really interested in is is that you're not just a recruitment business you also educate because last year you asked me to come in and join you when you were doing an educational lunchtime talk and you had in the room a whole group of procurement professionals and you were providing for your section of the talk, information on how they could market themselves most effectively. So I was really impressed by your talk. So what do you think it is that recruitment or procurement professionals are missing that they need in order to really advance in their careers? It's really interesting, actually. I see procurement as, you know, I've been involved in it for a very, very long time now. And there's some really intelligent, smart people who, you know, within procurement, they get to see it across a whole business they don't just deal with finance they deal with IT they deal with marketing it's one of the very few roles where you do get to see a whole business and they know so much information and they could add value in so many ways but a lot of the blockages or issues you see is that procurement is still seen as a back office function and a lot of the reason for that is because the people within procurement not all of them but a lot of them don't know how to sell that value so they can talk a great game in procurement speak and procurement language but put them in the room with the ceo and somehow the alignment is missing of this is the business agenda or this is the ceo agenda and how procurement can add value to that so i just saw that there's an opportunity to really help procurement professionals in that effective communication selling their brand brand is really important and i'm not sure that procurement has the best brand also from the other end of attracting people into procurement you know that's been quite a difficult thing so i really see that there's a lot of work to be done there so yeah i see those talks we've done a lot of effective communication 
um, how to listen to stakeholders, how to engage stakeholders, how to show the business how you're adding value. That was just something that I really enjoyed doing. And yeah, people seem to get a lot out of. So we've actually been asked to do that quite a lot now, yeah. which is great. That, that's a huge point of difference as a mm. recruitment agency to not just provide obvi- the obvious services yep. of assisting you to transition into a new role, but also to educate you so that you become a more proficient procurement professional or supply chain professional. And, and I think that's a huge value add of all yeah. people that it's a great offering. Yeah, it's been really interesting. I mean, we've got involved in all sorts of things. There was a very large end of yeah last year as well where again from a value add perspective they asked us to come in and not just help them with recruitment but help them look at you know how to restructure a team how should the team be structured what types of people would you want in certain types of roles which is we were talking earlier about predictive index which is a tool that we have now bought which is a behavioral tool but it also really helped with this restructure and again another value add for evolved people something else that we can use to go in and talk to clients about rather than just we can help you with recruitment. We can help you reorganize your team. We can help you ensure that you have the right people in positions. We can help you with leadership, you know, all of those types of things. So, yeah, it's much more about that's why I'm always very conscious that we always call Evolve People a consultancy, not just an agency, because for me, we don't just put bums on seats. Mm-hmm. There is a lot more to it than that. Yeah, and also the name Evolve People. You help people to evolve. <laughs> evolve, that true. Must, that must have been what was in your mind when you came up with that name. I've always wondered why. Now I understand. And what was so good was, you remember when I was writing my book, Navigating Career Crossroads, yep. you very kindly gave so much information on the best way that people could work with recruiters and how to approach recruiters as well so so you've just been so generous with information (laughs) if you want to know anything come to Adele (laughs) she holds a lot of information I'm not sure what it's useful for but a lot of information (laughs) it sounds like you've certainly helped a lot of people so tell me as a recruiter if anyone wants to get into recruitment what would be your top tips to be a success as a recruiter Okay, I think you really do have to realize that it is a sales role. I think a lot of people come in with the impression of, you know, from a HR perspective, they want to help people. And yes, there is that part to it, but there is a very strong sales side to it as well. So you have to be used to that sales environment. So I think realizing that is really important. Okay, that aside, important things in recruitment. I think you have to be passionate about what you're doing. You have to be passionate about, at the end of the day, you're selling people or you're selling jobs. You have to be passionate about that because that comes across to people. You have to be resilient because people are going to say no to you a lot. People are going to reject you a lot. There's going to be a lot of times where, at the end of the day, in recruitment, you are dealing with people. Things change. You could be, you know, all the way down the line and have the perfect person for the perfect role and, you know, all of a sudden they're boyfriend, sister's mother moves and they have to go overseas or someone's pregnant or, you know, things that happen with people that you are not in control of. So I think you have to be resilient and realize that those things happen. So be passionate, be resilient. What else do I think is important? I suppose being flexible and agile in your approach. Definitely agile. (laughs) Definitely agile. Yeah, I think in today's world that just adaptability Mm. and just being able to talk to anyone. You know, I've seen a lot of recruiters get very scared if they're talking to a C-suite or very, you know, fearful. It doesn't matter who you're talking to. Just remember that when you've been in recruitment a while, you pick up these skills. I don't even know if people realize how quickly you pick up these skills where you're very good with people, you're very good at reading people, and you hold a lot of information. So when you're talking to a 
C-suite or whoever it may be, you know, they need you as much as you need them. So it's just important to sort of realize that you can partner with these people. Don't just think you're there to supply and do everything. It's quite, you know, there's quite a lot of times I've sat in front of a client and gone, look, I can do that for you. That's great. But I actually think if you looked at this or did this another way or we went down another path, that would probably work out better because at the end of the day, that's going to solve this problem for you, which is a bigger problem. So you are there to consult, which again is that relationship piece. So yeah, passion, resilience, agility. Yeah. And it's very much like matchmaking in a way. It's e-harmony it? on steroids, <laughs> yes. <laughs> very much so. Well, you obviously do a really good job and I can really sense the passion because there's just so much energy that you put into the role. And because you've got this amazing natural ability, what a great career path you've had from dancer to wanting to get into journalism. And I think that still might be on the cards. <laughs> I think you need to do a lot of blogging to assist more people. And as a tomboy getting into the automotive, industry mm. surrounding yourself with cars and doing what you consider to be the boring processes and procedures but obviously you were good at it and then getting into now who would have thought Adele Brown tall blonde and very beautiful windscreen wiper salesperson <laughs> and then, who knows what yeah, the future holds Jay yeah, and then transitioning to Australia and taking it by storm so watch out Sydney you know Adele Brown on the loose it's been great thank you so much for sharing your story and if people want to find you Adele where can they find you oh I'll be hidden away no website LinkedIn events we're, we're all over the place so any form of social media so it's evolvepeople.com.au .au yep. and what's your Twitter handle oh, I'll I'm find not. out and I'll put it in it my a, show notes yeah. I actually think it's hashtag I think it's Adele just Adele. I think it is Adele, actually. O D E L L E for anyone who doesn't know. Not Adele the singer. No, I can't say. Adele the procurement specialist. Follow Adele, actually. She's probably much more interesting to follow. <laughs> well, what I'll do is it's on my website, janejacksoncoach.com. I'll put all of the links so that you can find Adele very easily. And if you are a procurement professional or in supply chain or you're thinking about making a move, if you're looking for an amazing recruiter, I would recommend Adele and certainly Evolve People. So thank you so much for your time today, Adele. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much, Jane. As <laughs> always, it's a pleasure. <laughs> okay, bye. Thank you. Today's podcast is brought to you by audible.com. You can get a free audiobook download and free 30-day trial at audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. There are over 180,000 book titles to choose, so give it a go and get your free audiobook today from audibletrial.com forward slash Jane Jackson Careers. You've been listening to Jane Jackson Careers. Sign up to receive regular career advice at janejacksoncoach.com. If you enjoyed this episode of Your Career Podcast, I invite you to check out my career success program at 
thecareersacademy.online. The Career Success Program is the original program that uniquely provides 24-7 on-demand career support and fortnightly live career coaching sessions to keep you on track to reach your career goals. It is the essential resource for anyone who wants to manage their career effectively, make a career change and land the job they'll love. Whether you're in exploration mode or seeking a new career direction and need help to make it a reality, the Career Success Program is for you. Not only do you get access to my step-by-step roadmap to navigate your career crossroads, my extensive training library and exclusive members-only discounts and tools, you'll also become part of my supportive community of professionals who will help you with feedback, encouragement and advice. All this and more makes the Career Success Program the number one place to be for anyone looking to start, manage and grow their career. Check it out and join me at thecareersacademy.online.